0: hello and welcome to the happy halloween podcast my name is tony and i will be your host And this is your home for all things Halloween. On today's bonus episode, I have a very special guest. So sit back and relax while we talk about Halloween art and Halloween travel. All right, Spooks and Creeps, I have a very special guest for you today. She is a creator, podcaster, travel buff, and most importantly, a Halloween enthusiast. We have the host of the Halloween Art and Travel Podcast, Kristen Stafford.
1: Thanks for having me on the show, Tony. I'm so excited to talk about our favorite thing tonight with you.
0: It is my pleasure. Okay, Kristen, so on your website, you describe yourself as a Halloweenist. What exactly to you does that mean?
1: So when I was putting together my podcast, I I wanted to give myself a job title, right? Because all my life I've worked in corporations where my employer gave gave me a job title. And this being a creative outlet, I was like, I can call myself anything I want. So I started to kind of like nerd out and think about like prefixes and suffixes, hard words to say, but when you, <laughs> when you stick it, I-S-T, ist, on the end of a word, it's saying that you're either doing the thing or you have a relationship to the thing. And in my podcast, I wanted to talk about art, so like artist, and then like traveling around, tourist. And so that's why I got – I was – trying to think if I wanted ist or ologist and obviously ologist would be more of a kind of a science which I'm a (laughs) big science nerd too but I ended up settling on the ist and to me a halloweenist is someone that loves halloween and you can manifest or express your a love of halloween any way you want because like some of us like to collect art some of us like to make art some of us like to make halloween cookies and decorate and do things ourselves and like yard haunts there's so many different mm-hmm. ways to express your love of Halloween. So I love, I liked the Halloweenist because it wouldn't be limited to anything particular with Halloween. So, and right. I invite everybody to promote themselves to Halloween.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody Halloween can,
1: can crown themselves a Halloweenist if you like
0: Halloween. <laughs> right. Halloween is a very multifaceted holiday. So there's all kinds of different little things you can do and still fall in Halloweenus.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> so tell me, I know you go to art shows and you collect art. Before you started collecting art, what was it about the visual aspect of Halloween that caught you?
1: I don't even know. I was just, you know, that you know that stupid saying or kind of cliche saying. I was born this way. I I was just born this way. I've always had a streak and interest in the macabre. And I know sometimes you'll talk to people and they'll say like, oh, my best friend or my parents or my friend had this. I definitely had my best friend growing up, Aaron. We liked to watch spooky movies together, but it was just Mm -hmm. there the The interest is just there and has always been there, and I don't think it will disappear. And you you can't take it out; it manifests itself differently in different phases of life. But mm-hmm. I have such you know, a, like a lot of adults, I have so many fond memories of trick or treating. When people right. say, "Like, what was the best thing about elementary school?" And a lot of people will talk about, like, how wonderful their teachers were. And I'm sure my teachers were wonderful. I don't necessarily <laughs> remember a lot about my teachers, but I remember, like, the Halloween costume parades. And mm. it's fun, right? Because you get to, like, screw, right. screw off for a day. And you, you don't exactly. have to be academic. And you, like, you bring <laughs> your costume to school. And, unfortunately, my kids today, we my school district doesn't let them celebrate Halloween. So no. that breaks my heart because that was my right. absolute favorite holiday memory. But... You know, I, I, it's just for me, I love the flexibility also mm-hmm. of Halloween. So, like, Easter and Christmas, they're more prescribed. But Halloween, right. you can express yourself so differently. And, mm-hmm. like, as a kid, it would be like, okay, well, this year I'm going to be a jack-o'-lantern. Last year, you know, I was a witch. Next year, I'm going to be a punk rocker. There was always, like, that right. excitement of how am I going to express that? this year that still carries into adulthood that not to trash on other holidays but that's one of the things (laughs) that makes Halloween special and it's also a good way to kind of play around with scary things in a very safe way and there Mm -hmm. I've read I can't quote anything specific but there's a lot of science behind that that like watching horror movies or reading Mm -hmm. scary books or looking at macabre creepy art is a good way to kind of like touch touch the touch the fear, but knowing that you're safe. And I think that's something that most humans like, whether sometimes Mm. some of us admit it more than others, and some of us need that more than others. But I think all humans have that, and they just express it differently. Like some people, they would rather go on a roller coaster. And when I was younger, I would do that. But my my stomach doesn't agree with it now and that's that's unfortunate (laughs) but I love like kind of playing with the playing with the fear and I just like it and it's it's so many things yes it's the visuals the music the smells the history Mm. it's Mm -hmm. it's huge Mm -hmm. I think it's a it hits every sense and you could even say your sixth sense hits your sixth (laughs)
0: sense (laughs) yeah I can remember back in elementary school something Definitely, they couldn't get away with today, but I think it was fourth grade. I had one of my teachers, they had set up the haunted house in one of the classrooms.
1: Oh my gosh, that sounds wonderful. Yes.
0: He had an actual deer heart in his hand and he would like slowly pump it as you walked by. You know, that wouldn't happen today, but that was one of my best Halloween memories from elementary school for sure. (laughs) So, what did, what, what one object or one image or brand got you into collecting art
1: so i owe everything that i am today to department 56 <laughs> kind of ironically that's the brand and going back a little bit from that we'll go too far back in the in the past but some point in my childhood i don't remember exactly when uh, went to chicago and kind of ironically it's the museum of science and industry so a science museum of all places. Hmm. But in the basement, there is a fantastic fairy tale castle dollhouse. And it was donated to the museum by a silent film actress, Colleen Moore. And Ooh. it is fabulous. I don't remember any specifics, but nothing in that house is cheap. Like when you see like a gold chandelier in the dollhouse, I think it is gold. Mm-hmm. Like She had a lot of money, and everything was one of a kind, collected from all over the world by different artists, fantastic story, absolute fantasy, and I just remember seeing that and just being enthralled, and it was the visual of it and the fantasy of it that got to me, and also there was an element, too, I think, of I wouldn't have known who the heck Colleen Moore was if she wouldn't have, like... collected this awesome thing and then donated it to be on public display so i think Mm -hmm. there's some of that kind of you know death kind of thing in there your legacy like creeping in there too like wow (laughs) look look what she did with her legacy but that really sparked my imagination and Mm -hmm. i became interested in dollhouse miniatures but i didn't have the patience or skills to do things on my own, especially after seeing how impressive hers was. So (laughs) I ended up finding department 56 has been around forever. They make the little nice ceramic houses and they're not doll houses Mm -hmm. because you can't like put furniture and stuff in there, but they light up and the Halloween ones are absolutely stunning. So I started Mm -hmm. collecting those in my early twenties and as Department Fifty Six smartly does they retire them, so you you know Mm -hmm. that sense of urgency. You have to go collect it,
0: and FOMO. Yes, and then if you miss (laughs) it,
1: then you have to go on the in the secondhand market to find them. So I was having a lot of fun. This was back in the early two thousands. eBay was a lot more. I still love eBay, but it was like new and shiny back Mm -hmm. then but I would go on eBay to see how much the houses I had were worth and Mm -hmm. I was on there to see what I was missing out like oh what what kind of pricing can I get on the spooky tree (laughs) I don't have and somehow Uh, in my searches doing that I started stumbling upon one-of-a-kind Halloween art and -hmm. it was just like a awesome natural progression from me I've always liked art and I took a little bit in high school, and I've done, like, a little bit of crafts and stuff, but not, like, anything serious. So I've always, like, had an interest in it. But mm-hmm. between looking for the Department 56 stuff and then starting it to run into original art on eBay, that that was it. And back in those early 2000s, most artists, you know, there wasn't social media was probably my space back then. I don't remember. I wasn't on yes. social media. That, but you, it's not like it is now where you go on Instagram and you can find a lot of cool art. It was mm-hmm. eBay is where you went. And I remember the first piece I bought was from Carolee Clark. And it's a wood trick-or-treat bowl. Now, it's nice. I don't actually use it because it's like hand. <laughs> I think it's like, uh, I think she gets a lot of her stuff. The raw materials from Amish. So it's like a well-made mm-hmm beautiful wood bowl and then she painted and very she's so precise like there isn't a brush oak out of place bright vivid right. colors and it has witches and jack-o'-lanterns on it and i ordered that and then that was it like i was in i was like Down. I,
0: it's all down down like, yes <laughs> and like i
1: still i have the department 56 houses today and i i hate to say this but my collection on those is kind of full so i only oh, yeah. get those now if there's like one that's extra special. And the one that was most recently that I was like, okay, I'm going to make room for you is I think it was a year or two ago that they, they made a replica of Elvira's house. And I was like, oh. I was like, okay, I said I was done.
0: <laughs> nah, I got to get that. But one. if you
1: put Elvira of Elvira product into your neighborhood, I have to, I have to have that. So right. that was the exception, <laughs> but that is, that's the long way of saying like Colleen Moore is kind of who I owe this obsession to. <laughs> because she left her legacy in this miniature house and it led to all these kind of like things coming together to me discovering Mm -hmm. original halloween art where i've already i had the groundwork with admiring halloween already there so it was just the Mm
0: -hmm.
1: all the little pieces that had to come together to make this thing that i spend so much time on now
0: (laughs) as an artist myself i've i've heard of this whole thing about you know people getting their start on ebay that never would have occurred to me to cuz for me i guess ebay's always been this reselling of mass marketed items i it never would occur to me to sell something original yeah well, it was there. in the
1: old days there wasn't there wasn't etsy yet and like i said most artists right. didn't have they didn't have their own social media yet and they didn't have their mm-hmm. websites so at this point in time i think most of them were selling at art shows right, right. so they were limited to their local area mm-hmm How sad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, you mentioned art shows. Um, I know from listening to your podcast that there are several bigger named, um, and they're escaping me right now. I'm sure you can say them off the tip of your tongue. How did you find those?
1: Well, so I used to work for Cisco, Mm -hmm. um, which is their headquarters is based out of San Jose, California. And somehow, probably, I was on eBay looking at art, and probably someone had po- put in their listing that they were a Halloween and Vine artist. So I don't know the exact year, but I know it was back late '90s. There was a you no, know, see, this is all my like memory. I think it was Madonna Estates, but don't quote me on this because I didn't, I didn't study all the history. There was <laughs> there was a winery in California that started a simple Halloween art show, and they literally put tabletops on wine barrels and it grew and grew and that was Halloween and vine. So that Mm -hmm. I'm sure there were other like smaller, but that was like the first kind of nationally known Mm -hmm. Halloween art show. So sometime back in the early two thousands, I had heard of it (laughs) and I had made sure there was two years I was able to get work trips out to San Jose, which is in driving distance of Petaluma very mm-hmm. sneaky. So, you know, go to, work, <laughs> go to the work meetings, team building Monday through Friday. Oh, drive, rent a car and drive up to Petaluma on Saturday and go to the art shows. Right. And this is another, so this, and I was able to do that twice. This is another like big turning point. This mm-hmm. is like, this takes me from like the dabbling, uh, collecting a few pieces here and there off eBay to like right. move into hardcore. So this is where I learned how meeting the artist is a big deal Mm -hmm. getting like getting to know them getting to know their stories you know i didn't realize before that before going and not just halloween and vine but other shows you know you go and you look and it might be this paper mache figure and you're like oh that's cute but then you talk to the artist and you find out like their grandfather was an artist Mm -hmm. and he showed them how to to make this thing or you see something else and that was you know fabric that they found at this flea market and there's just all these things with all this energy and story and when you just buy mass produced stuff or you buy stuff online that's like that's what you don't get and that's one of the things that's nice about the show
0: right and
1: that's what make those stories and and not to say like oh this you know antique thing is in there and that has a story but it's you know hearing their story about how like 10 years they struggled in a job they hated and then they became an artist. It's like all that emotion and story mm-hmm. is wrapped up in the pieces. And that's, right. that's what makes the stuff good.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's,
1: and when you look at something too, like if it's, you know, jack o with a crazy face, if it's telling you a story. Right. So that might be more, more than you originally asked, but yeah. No, so that no, was, no, that's, that's, I love that. Yeah, so that show now, is, there's a a few years ago, another producer took over and mm-hmm. she rebranded it All Hollows All Art Fest and it's in Petaluma mm-hmm. still. I have not been to it with its new name and new producer, so I do not count that. So I will say I've been to Halloween <laughs> and Vine and I, I'm going to get there. I'm yeah. going to get there. So it's in September. It's on the
0: list. <laughs> the, the other
1: big one that I have... A really good track record with is bewitching peddlers of halloween Mm -hmm. that's in marshall michigan michigan i live in north carolina now michigan's my home state so it's like very it's like a homecoming Um, i'm not from the marshall area but about two hours away Mm -hmm. so it was easy but that one originally started about 15 to 17 years ago Mm -hmm. when one of the producers of Halloween divine Vine moved to Michigan and he started a show called Ghoul Tide Gathering.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then his name's Scott Smith. He's like the big Pumbaa of original Halloween heart.
0: Right. I've heard the go- name a few times. Yes. And if you go into <laughs> Hall, it,
1: he's been mass produced. So mm-hmm. his, he's highly sought after by collectors. And right. he's been, re- you know, if you, I tell people, like, you've been in Hallmark and seen some of his reproductions. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think, I, don't, I haven't seen like, Marshalls or anything like that, but I definitely know I've seen some of his reproductions at Hallmark, but Mm -hmm. he started that show as Ghoul Tide Gathering and then wanted to concentrate on making work rather than producing, so he... I don't know, Will? Not, well, he's not dead. I don't know, whatever. He uh, passed <laughs> the show, the love and care of the show, off. yes, to Jenny Hepler Takens, who's an artist. Mm-hmm. And she renamed it Bewitching Peddlers of Halloween and took it to Marshall, Michigan, which is wonderful. And then there's a lots of like other little smaller shows. Right. And like I can't even think of all those, but there's a lot that I've like bookmarked. because I want to go to. And unfortunately, before COVID, there was a few more. There was um, Spirits of Sanford in Florida, which they were going to rebrand Spellbound, and Mm -hmm. I hope that they come back. Um, Hullabaloo was in the Seattle, Washington area, and then there was another one in Georgia, Then the name slipping me. Mm -hmm. But I think over time, we'll start to see them. And I've been, I can't remember names, but I know that there's one actually coming up that they're getting started in Jackson, Michigan. So like mm-hmm. a smaller one. So that definitely makes me happy because one of the things that I'm for is I want more artists and creatives making more Halloween and I want more people collecting it. Yes. So I'm like, bring it on. I want more. Show- <laughs> I want more
0: shows. Right. I
1: don't worry about scarcity because it's just like, let's make the pie bigger.
0: Right. I'm hoping 2024 is going to be the year that we really start going back to normal. This year we're kind of getting there, but COVID is really in the background now. So hopefully next year things will really take off.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: But yeah, you you were talking about, you know, being able to hear the story and talk to the artist. I had heard you mention Clay of the Dead so many times before, and then you had him on your last episode and listening to his story, talking about how he only works during the summer or maybe on the weekend because he's a teacher. And then going and seeing the work that he produces, it's amazing. I mean, the short amount of time he has versus, you know, the quality of work, it's awesome.
1: Yeah. The other thing I thought was impressive about him is, like, when you look at his history in college, he -hmm. was doing projects on cemeteries. He was taking – and then – Holy smokes! When he when we were talking and he said he worked as a groundskeeper and grave digger, I'm like, oh my gosh! Right. Like r- That's seriously? Kind of to do that. <laughs> like you are the you are the like your cemetery cred runs deep when you've right. like, ha- like you've actually worked. It's not that you just like them and create graven images based on what you've seen in cemeteries, but you actually were involved. Like right. you got the your hands process. dirty, literally, literally, in the whole yeah the whole <laughs> process.
0: Yeah, uh, I thought about him today. Me and my wife and my mother-in-law, we went to a cemetery in Frankfort, Kentucky. Beautiful cemetery. And I was standing there doing a sketch, and I was using newsprint, and I had pastels with me. And I looked at some of these really old tombstones. And I'm like, I want to do a rubbing, but he said that you're not supposed to anymore, so I guess I won't. <laughs> I guess I just have to draw it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Take a picture. Right. Well, I did that. I Dang. Did that. <laughs> He he was in there talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned that you went to Petaloma for the All Hallows art show. Was that your beginning of your love for travel? Or did you love to travel before that?
1: Well, I love, love to travel since I was like a teenager. Uh, that kind of kicked off though. So I, I do do normal travel. But I love doing like spooky travel and travel related to acquiring art or Mm -hmm. like that's the best like going to one of the halloween art shows but even when we go on a family trip and i will say like my husband and sons are not on board with this (laughs) but it can be like the most mundane family trip i'm like on atlas obscura roadside america looking up to see like is there anything there's got to be something <laughs> weird. And then it's like, well, we're going to be here. So I'm like, put in the city name plus oddities. and <laughs> Or, you know, we're going to a certain city. So I'll put in city name plus historic cemeteries. Right. I just, yeah. So it's always on yeah. even. It could be to Orlando for like Disney or something. And I'm like, always like, oh. And it does not, and this is any season, it's not limited to spooky season. I'm always like, Oh (laughs) like what kind of creepy stuff might be here? And that can be like the most fun stuff. When you travel in the fall, it's like kind of just all there. It's served up for you on a platter. Mm -hmm. But when you are on a on a road trip you're going to see your parents in michigan from north carolina and you're like you look and see that there is a really cool cemetery in dayton ohio that you can pretty much make on the way you know that's that's a win there you go that's a win
0: yeah every town has its dark side so there's always something yes that you can find yes (laughs) (laughs) what is your favorite spooky spot that you've ever been to
1: so i this is really hard so (laughs) I, i had to think about this so i'll give like and in, and this maybe depending on my mood I would change, but today I'm gonna to tell you about two. So I think the top destination would be Hudson Valley slash spooky hollow New York. So there is a thing in the Hudson Valley that they do in the fall. I just said I like to do things all year, but okay. So this these, my example is a is an in spooky season thing. But they do the great jack o blaze oh. and oh my gosh. So I don't. It's it been a few years, but the lights, the music, mm. and the the jack lanterns are real, right. and it's just incredible in the artistry and the sheer amount and how big it is. Mm-hmm. And It's magical, and you have like that. You know, I, I could say this because I live in 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 the south now. The south is not that great. Like further north is cooler right. for Halloween because <laughs> you, you got to get the colors yes. and you got to get that crisp. So you're out in that crisp, cold air and you're just looking at these stacks of jack-o' lanterns and they're like up in these big huge trees Mm -hmm. and you're thinking, like, how did they do that? And I know a few years after we went to that great jack-o'-lantern blaze, I was in somewhere in western North Carolina and they said it was like a jack-o' lantern display, and we went and they were artificial. And I can understand how much work and how expensive it is to do. Right real pumpkin and you it's hard to keep them for multiple weekends if you have more and more Mm -hmm. but i'm like i was just i almost like "Mm, no No. like i can't do it (laughs) after you go to a show like that and you see the real thing so that was phenomenal and it's nice because it's like totally family friendly it's not scary Mm -hmm. you can get anyone to go my other thing that comes to the top of my list so I love the Winchester Mystery House. Oh yeah. We could t- and we could in San Jose, California. We could talk about that for days. <laughs> that is I don't care what season that is, and I think to me that house has something for everyone. Right. Like if you like spooky stuff, you got that angle. If you like weird architecture, you got that. You like California history. I think there's you can look at mm. it a lot of different right. ways. So it's awesome no matter what time of the year you go. But when you go and they have their Halloween, and I forget what they call it, but when it's decorated for Halloween, Mm -hmm. they could, all they would really need to do is just put some candles and walk through it at night. And that would be an awesome experience. But the, everything from like the ticket buying process, they have everything kind of timed nice so you don't have to wait in a long Mm -hmm. line. You're entertained. I don't know if they call them actors, but their tour guides are like, dressed up and they're just very professional and the artistry and skill as you as the the scenes as you walk through the house Mm -hmm. are just second to none and i don't know if it was something just for the year i was there but when i was there they had after the tour you went out in the front yard of the house and they had a light show where they projected onto the house and they were like there was like music and like skeletons oh, wow. and they made it look like the house burnt down oh. just with like projecting lights onto the house right. that was incredible and that's like one of those things too where i'm like okay <laughs> now that i've seen that like other places you know you got to step right. it up that, so, that
0: lifted the bar a little bit higher
1: yes and the year i was there also you know christine mcconnell is like She's, like, probably, like, the second Halloween queen. I think my favorite Halloween queen is Elvira. She's number two. (laughs) But that was the year she had made a gingerbread house that looks like the Winchester Mystery House. And it was in the lobby. And that was, like, incredible also. So that place, yeah. And, like, of course, they got, like, the awesome gift shop and the story. And so those are my top two outside of, like, going to get Halloween art as far as destinations
0: <clears throat> yeah unfortunately we don't travel too much right now but you know down the road we're hoping to but my wife definitely wants to go to new orleans during halloween oh that's a good yes. one too and i would love to go to salem but it, not necessarily yes. at halloween, i know it'd be jam-packed but those are our two main places and then small stuff like you know going to baltimore to go to uh, Poe's grave or dc to see the staircase from the exorcist you know, small little things like that on the way. <laughs>
1: yes, and yeah, there's a lot of exploring. I want Edward Gorey's house oh, is high. Yes, 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 yes. On my list, and I know I've heard. I, I I've looked it up. I haven't looked it up recently, but I, I've heard it's kind of in the middle. It's of nowhere, so you have to mm-hmm. kind of you'd have to plan like a bigger road trip. But there'd be a lot of like spooky stuff you could see on the way. Right. The place that I haven't been in a long time that I want to get to is Philly. Philly has the like Mütter Museum. Oh, yeah, and I forgot about that. When you get on Instagram, there's just a lot of spooky Halloween artists that are in the Philly area. Mm-hmm. So I just, I think it's a hotbed. Right. And I'm, I know they have some like really cool summit. Any historical big city like that too is going to have some awesome rock and cemeteries. Mm-hmm. Probably some good ghost tours. Oh, so. got to be. Yeah. Um, ho- yeah. Um, that one's high. That's on my to do mm-hmm. list soon, I hope. I don't know. What's... Next year, a year after that.
0: Right. What's on the very tippy top of your to-do list for for travel?
1: Well, I think I guess I'd have to say probably Philly, yeah. because that's the one. Yeah, I haven't I haven't been in so long um i was and i do want to go back i've been to salem mm-hmm. but only the first time i went we had a one-year-old and it was part of a bigger road trip and we kind of just breezed through because right. with a one-year-old you don't get to go see all the no. all the things <laughs> and and then the other time i was there I was there literally for like a night mm-hmm. to go see a, a movie screening so i haven't really absorbed right salem And I actually I was fortunate enough to go to New Orleans in April, Uh, and that city you can go any time of the year. It's always spooky. spooky. It's Mm -hmm. yes, and it it's not just spooky. It's it's magical. It's one of the most magical cities. And oh, talk about like cool architecture. Just walk around in art galleries, and I don't think anywhere beats New Orleans
0: for food. (laughs) Right? Oh
1: my gosh. It, it's yeah. just the city for and everything. Cemeteries. Yes. Oh, yeah. Food, cemeteries, for art. Sure. Yes. All the things. Right. I wouldn't go there like in August or anything, though. No. I don't like hot. But, no, it's got to be wintertime. Plan appropriately.
0: <laughs> yeah. Plan appropriately yes. on that.
1: Unless, you, unless you're more heat tolerant than I am. Yeah.
0: My wife would probably prefer to go in the summer, but not me. <laughs> so, switching back to Halloween art, what would you say is probably your favorite? character so to speak
1: well i have two mm-hmm. so if, kind of like the classic of all time popular one is the skeleton mm-hmm. like he's just you know he's he's death it's got you got the skull he's always in style you think about like i think it's is it the silly symphony is like the disney yeah. cartoon mm-hmm. yep. like what do you think i don't know when i think about that when i picture that, is a crazy dancing skeleton so
0: mm-hmm
1: It's been around forever, and that is not trendy. Like, you will always have skeletons associated to Halloween. Right. So I call that my classic favorite. My more kind of (laughs) modern favorite is a mourner. (laughs) And it's something that is not as easy to find when you're looking Mm -hmm. at Halloween art. But there are artists that are doing, like, dolls and um paper mache figures of mourners mm-hmm. and like two that come to mind so stacy walsh mm-hmm. of uh the good wife she does a lot of yeah she'll do not necessarily even humans but skeleton faces and there we go skeletons again <laughs> or yeah. or birds of and of dolls that are dressed in victorian mourning attire oh. and then uh dustin Pouchet is a doll artist he's mm-hmm. done a couple of um dolls that are dressed in mourning attire. And specifically with that mourning attire, it goes back to that Victorian mourning, Mm. which is so like over the top and the clothes and the dresses. So yeah, that's like my kind of my more contemporary. And that one's obviously not as easy to find because you can find skeletons art in everything. But the mourners, there's less of it but hmm. definitely it seems I mean I don't have like a scientific thing where I've been like tracking <laughs> and I don't have data points but I've noticed and maybe it's just me because I'm looking for it but I have noticed more artists incorporating some of the customs and things that they've seen from that Victorian mm-hmm. mourning period into their contemporary art pieces so I'm I'm there for it so that's why yeah, I call it this my, my modern favorite <laughs>
0: Um, since you have your pulse on on the Halloween art scene, what would you say is, quote unquote, trendy right now? What's the the thing you've seen the most of?
1: Well, I would say, I'm going to answer it from shows versus like what you would see, like the mass produced stuff. Because that's like a whole a different, well, right. the, the mornings, well, and it's hard because I would say like with a curated show, I'll, what the producer of those shows is trying to do is not have too much of one thing, right? Mm. So they want to have different mediums and different things. But I, I, I have noticed more of that morning, and mm. and then I've seen more like kind of oddities. Something that you would call an oddity has crept in, because as right. I think with like the shows, what I would say they were when I started going to them like 15 years ago, there was more kind of classic things like the skeletons and Mm jack-o'-lanterns. But I think like the more, the longer an artist is creating Halloween in order to keep themselves like fresh and like continuing on and bringing in new things, they have to continuously search for things. Right. And draw, draw, yeah. And so the inspiration pool has to grow. And like I said, that's Mm -hmm. why I have seen like Victorian mourning has creeped in more um, or just trying out different mediums, Mm -hmm. things, doing things in non-traditional colors. I've noticed that more. I wouldn't say, yeah, I wouldn't mean to say it's like necessarily something trendy, but it's like, well, you traditionally think like what a a witch was wearing black. Right. Well, you know, you, you can go to an art show and see where someone put the witch in a blue dress um, okay. Just doing that, and um, I've noticed more like taxidermy. Mm. Also, where a few years ago that those would have been separate worlds, like the oddities <laughs> right. would have been n- no, like not <laughs> not crossing over.
0: Right, but yeah, I can see where you know there's a through line between the two. Yeah, with Han- Halloween honoring the dead in most cultures, you can kind of see where that would go. You know, through those. Speaking of which, um, have you noticed an influx of other cultures other than, you know, Dia de los Muertos?
1: So, Baba Yaga, some of the like European oh, witches, yeah. definitely I've noticed more and more over the years. Because awesome. again, I think it's like people have gotten online. And it's one, it's easier to research and find out mm-hmm. about them. And two, like I said, if you really want to start differentiating yourself, you start looking like, broader out there. Right. And so yes yeah, so small. Now yeah. Now, so. Like some of those European folklore characters coming into like the creations that um you know, American artists are doing. Yeah. And definitely mm-hmm. uh Day of the Dead is you right. know, you could have a whole conversation about like where appreciation and appropriation like mix and all yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. They have something to share that we lack, and I think that's one right. of the attractions because mm-hmm. we don't have that healthy relationship with death and honoring our ancestors, right? And so I think that's one thing is like that's one one of the reasons it's so popular. The other thing is it's beautiful oh, so absolutely. even if you are someone that's ignorant to the sentiment and like mm-hmm. the historic and what's going on the visual is incredible it's just a bummer that it's right with halloween i sometimes right. i joke with my friends i'll be like oh it'd be so much better if they just were apart and then you wouldn't have that kind of where they come together
0: right to overlap but that's yeah. i mean
1: that's kind of natural that's happened with cultures you know mm-hmm. sometimes like i've been trying to dig in and research have you heard of like the scandinite the norwegian kitchen witches that were mm-hmm. like popular in the 70s and 80s yeah and it's this i'm gonna pick back up on it but i was trying to research like is this just something somebody made up to sell witches to tourists or is there something <laughs> behind this and right. I was like, Are, did people in Scandinavia really collect witches or did they just sell these to the American tourists? As far as I could tell, I've done a little date and yes, like that was a thing in Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. But then you start reading and they're like, oh, this was like popular in Norway. And this is like a Norway thing. And then it's like, no, the witches came from Germany. Well, the fact of the matter is probably there was people move around and share things and right. borrow things from other cultures. So sometimes it's hard to say this one point. thing is like exactly right. and people move around and you know
0: kind of touch on uh day of the dead and you had mentioned how as americans we're not very in touch so you know i had to bring up the uh, death positive movement uh personally i'm a big fan i've been following along uh what's your relationship with that
1: um uh, well that's could be a whole nother podcast too but i'll try to keep that short uh, i find it very interesting so uh i'll just lay it out there i think one of my biggest fears is death and mm-hmm. i think i kind of get a giggle when some people say oh my biggest fear is public speaking and i'm like seriously oh come on like, yeah that can be scary but that's not scarier than death how can that seriously right. be your biggest fear And not only like my own death, but like the Mm -hmm. law you know, the anticipatory grief and loss. And and yeah, so that's that's my number one fear. And kind of going to my personality is when I have a fear, I like to try to explore it in a safe way. And I Mm -hmm. think that's one of the things that the death positive movement allows you to do and kind of having my dark and macabre streak. (laughs) <laughs> um I, I i hope i get her name right but it's caitlin Do- Dothy, yeah uh-huh. and i can't yeah. remember you know her books i, ha- I have to look mm-hmm. them i've up. read all of i've them. read her books i've listened to the audiobooks and i know mm-hmm. i know there's some things that she says to some people are controversy controversial but for me that was like she kind of took from just kind of this morbid curiosity and thoughts mm-hmm. and really helped me introduce me to death positive and then obviously mm-hmm. she, has, she has a great website and she did the mortals market where she had different death positive artists and creatives mm-hmm. lined up so i'm i'm for it i think it's something that everyone should think about i've participated in like a death meditation actually i've done a couple of those i know what a death really? deal is. yeah nice. so the one the one i did So we live near Pittsburgh, North Carolina and actually after right, they schedule it right around Dia de los Muertos and it's called death fair. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's kind of coming, they're rebuilding it after COVID. So it'll be interesting to see how it is this year. But one of the years before COVID, they had a death doula come in and Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like a conference on death and it's not necessarily, it's not like funeral directors that go It's people that are like, grieving or interested in the mm-hmm. subject and they have like vendors and arts and musician and poets. So anyways, and it's nice. like a conference and that there's like rooms <laughs> and different <laughs> sessions with guest speakers. And they always have a de los Martos person to talk about that. Anyway, this particular right. session was a death doula. And so she started out her conversation talking about what a death doula was. And then she mm-hmm. ended her presentation with, And I would call it something like she wanted you to leave with a new appreciation for life. It really had nothing to do with death. But she's like, basically took us through a meditation where you've passed away. What do you want your legacy to be? Like, what are you kind of looking back on your life? And it was someone coming into that that doesn't have any familiarity with the death positive movement might think that was weird. Mm-hmm. But you walk, I walked out like, yeah, like, here's the right? things I want to do it Was like the total opposite of what some people would think. And the second death meditation I did, um, that was a death do I forgot it. I think it was like Atlas Obscura. Someone had a class and it was over zoom during the mm-hmm. worst of the pandemic. And so it was people from all over the United States and that death doula did a death meditation based. So she took you through pa- your death, passing away where you ignored death and fought it and didn't prep. <laughs> and then she contrasted it with like a positive experience where you were guided and mm-hmm. yeah. And, and that was great. And actually I was like, I'm not an artist, but I was like, I doodled some pictures during it. And she talked oh, about yeah. like, who do you want to be with you, be with you there? And yeah, so that that's my experiences with it. But I, mm-hmm. I think it, it's not necessarily you don't have to, if you love Halloween doesn't mean you're necessarily interested in the death positive movement, but for me, right. they fit together. And like I said, I think that goes with that. Something kind of scares me. Sometimes mm-hmm. I can't say every fear I've had, but it's like, sometimes I try to figure out how to interact with that fear in a safe way. Like even like snakes, like I don't, <laughs> not totally comfortable <laughs> with them, but there, there's a local guy here that tries to, he loves snakes and he tries to like, like, demystify snakes and mm-hmm. he posted that he was going to be at a neighborhood park with his pet snake and you could go see it so i'm like laughing to myself i'm like i'm taking my kids to meet some like random guy that's on facebook with saying come see my snake in the park <laughs> sounds like you're really bad right but we went oh my gosh this is gonna sound dirty we went and he we were able to pet his snake the pet snake <laughs> and then i was like okay like yeah, I I have a new appreciation I've for it. these creatures. I, I've right. done it, so I think that's one that's one yeah. of the positive aspects of death. Positivity is having mm-hmm. that like kind of facing that fear and getting some more comfort. And it doesn't mean your fear will go away completely. It's just a way to to handle it a little
0: bit better, right? To try to understand yeah. exactly what you're afraid yeah. of,
1: and it makes some really great art when you combine. Oh, that.
0: absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Um, you had mentioned. It kind of it sunk in when you said it, or it clicked. You said that a lot of what Caitlin says people find controversial, and I totally agree, mm-hmm. but I, it's odd that as such a young country as we are that we have these strong ideas about this is what a funeral should be, this is how it should be handled, blah, 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 blah. Where did that come from? Who says that's why it has to be, and why is that, like, the majority you know you know what i'm saying am am i making sense yeah well i think a lot of
1: that's complex and i know she talks about like embalming the reason that got popular is because the stinking civil war when they were so many young man young men Mm -hmm. were being killed on the battlefield far from home and that's how they you know to get them home
0: they they had to figure out how to get them home you know without Mm rotting yeah so
1: i know that's where a lot of like that the the process was developed and that kind Mm -hmm. of became ingrained and I think culturally too we got to a place where we kind of were fighting nature a little bit Mm -hmm. and and now I think with like the green movement people are like hey we don't like have to use all these chemicals or like hide things we can kind of let's go back to how nature is a little more so I think it's like very complicated why how yeah, the things it is. how yeah <laughs> there's like one thing it's like all, right. all these things of why things are the way they are that's why sometimes why things are so hard to change because there was like mm-hmm. there's a hundred reason behind all the traditions and
0: right you have to kind right. of
1: tease all those apart to make a change
0: mm-hmm. true well, I'm going to go on record and saying that I either want to be turned into mulch or go to the body farm.
1: Wow. So just, like, for anybody like that's <laughs> listening. Science. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. So I'm a volunteer cemetery tour guide, and mm-hmm. I love going and looking at the Victorian tombstones. Those are actually my right. favorite. My, it used to be my favorite were the like, New England ones with all the skulls and stuff. But then, mm-hmm. I don't know, the Victorians won me over <laughs> and I love going and looking at some beautiful monuments. So people assume like, oh, you must want like a really awesome monument. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, no, I'm like, I don't need anything. No. I kind of just either like green burial with nothing or cremated. Kind of right. <laughs> boring. No one's going to be, <laughs> I'm not going to be on any tours. <laughs>
0: Well, you've been a tour guide. You might as well be on the other side of that. Yeah. I, I kind of thought, I, part of me said, like,
1: gosh, it would be cool. Because a lot of the contemporary markers are really boring. I'm like, oh, man. Being they like, are. Yeah. I'm like, can you imagine, like, a big granite jack-o'-lantern? So sometimes I do get tempted.
0: <laughs> yes. It would be expensive. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's what it would have to be, a big granite jack-o'-lantern. Right. Then probably whatever cemetery it was going to go in, probably someone like, The board members would be like, "No, we don't want some big old jack o' lantern thing in there. Right? We don't want that gaudy. Yeah, it's too gaudy. (laughs) (laughs) Be causing trouble,
0: right? Causing trouble in the afterlife. Yes. (laughs) Well, Kristen, I want to be respectful of your time, so I'm going to let you go soon here. But first, you have to answer me some rapid fire. Uh
1: Oh, rapid fire! All right,
0: rapid fire. You ready? Sure. All right. Favorite Halloween candy.
1: Oh, that's easy. Those peanut butter pumpkins, the Reese's peanut butter pumpkins. Any peanut butter and chocolate? Yes. 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 Absolutely. I steal those. I buy them. I pick them out of my kids' trick-or-treating (laughs) bags. All about those. No, they know. They know. Reese's has my heart for every holiday. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Favorite Halloween movie.
1: Oh, my gosh. This is a hard one. and This is probably one where I'm going to be thinking later. Um, like, oh, yeah, Beetlejuice. I Beetlejuice. I guess it's like, yes. I know it's not specifically Halloween, but that's that's one I have yeah. to see every year. Right. Cl- every Tim
0: Burton movie is Halloween. And I tell people, I was just telling
1: one <laughs> of my neighbors, I'm like, she's like, I haven't seen it since I was a teenager. I'm like, watch it because I think it it ages very well. And I don't think yes. I'm just biased. I think it honestly, it's timeless. It it's mm-hmm. great.
0: Absolutely. Great. Alrighty. Favorite Halloween song?
1: Um, I think, it, I don't know the artist, but there, it's called The Spook Returns. And it's on my Spotify playlist is hmm. one. And I'll have to send that to you later. And yeah. then it's kind of like techno. And, oh, yeah? and and my second, the runner-up is Thriller. I could listen to Thriller <laughs> 10,000 times and not right. get bored of it. And I, oh my God, Vincent Price, his voice.
0: Yes. Oh, A- the, he has the
1: best voice ever in the history of time. Mm-hmm. That he,
0: Absolutely. yeah, he
1: is the king of Halloween.
0: Yes, for sure. And for those young ones out there that might be listening, long time ago, we hit this thing called MTV. And they play these things called music videos. It was called music television. Imagine that. (laughs) But I remember watching, they had the short version. Then they had like the 11-minute version of it. And then every once in a while, they play that short documentary where you saw Michael Jackson getting the wolf makeup on and everything. I loved watching that.
1: Guess what? We should do that tonight after we get off this call.
0: Yeah. There you go. I'm totally doing it. Yes. And then, last rapid-fire question is: What would be your favorite fall slash autumnal smell?
1: Oh, like apples. When you stuff. smell this, you know it's happening. Oh, uh, anything? Yeah, I I'm, mean, I'm yeah, a, apple things. So, if I if I'm looking at like candles or soap, anything that has like mm-hmm. an apple scent in it, mm-hmm. uh, I love pumpkins. I love jack o' lanterns. But as far as smells go um especially being a michigander still at heart it's oh my that's one of the best things about fall is going to a cider barn and drinking the fresh cider and having oh
0: i can apple
1: imagine. donuts oh i've
0: oh. heard so much about oh, those oh, i've, I've never you, had one put it
1: on your list put <laughs> it on your list so that that michigan, is
0: michigan i'm coming that
1: is the smell and
0: the taste. <laughs> right
1: <laughs> apples over pumpkins there i said it controversial oh man but, that, <laughs> The
0: views expressed by Kristen Stafford are not that of this podcast. <laughs> I appreciate you setting aside some time for me tonight to talk about art and travel and all things spooky. Um, if you guys have not listened to Kristen's podcast, I don't know what you're waiting for. Uh, I'll go ahead and let you give your your social medias and your websites.
1: Oh, I, I would love to. So my website is com, And then I, from social media standpoint, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at at Halloween Art and Travel. And I will admit, and because of COVID, I've been light on the travel piece, but hopefully next year I'll have more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I started the podcast like the year before COVID and I had all these plans and then it was like wah wah wah. Right. And even this year when I I start in the winter planning the podcast out and COVID was still Like when I was doing my initial planning was Mm -hmm. like really bad. And my kids got it. And I was like, oh, I don't know how much travel there's going to be. So I promised. Yeah. So it's coming. But I always ask my guests like what there's cool cool to do in their area. Right. And then I put it in the show notes. And I have done recently. I went to New York City and I had interviewed an artist in New York. And I went back Mm -hmm. and reviewed the show notes and pulled that list and went to some of those places when I traveled. So it's there. There you go. It's there. We'll just I'll hopefully have more in the in the
0: future. <laughs> Fingers crossed, right? Um, how many episodes are left this season?
1: Well, I have forty five out total, and mm-hmm. I have two that I'm editing. Okay. And I wanted to do more, but podcast it's like it's my side thing. So right. there's unfortunately they a few things in the queue, of, in front of it. So. Mm-hmm. But next year, no, I that- swear, we're going to start <laughs> earlier. Right. <laughs>
0: it's what we always say, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, t- I thank you. so. I'm so honored. I appreciate that you, well, you asked me. And I always love talking to a fellow Halloween lover. And I love yes. that you're putting together more Halloween stuff and that you you are a true Halloweenist and that your podcast is drawing from a variety of things and pop culture and clips and music and all the things so thank you for what you're contributing to this awesome world that we live
0: in (laughs) i appreciate that very much thank you Alright, spooks and creeps. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Kristen. If you want to check out some of the artists that we talked about or some of the locations, just go to the show notes where I'll be putting links for everything we discussed. If you enjoyed today's episode or any other episode, please share with a friend and help this podcast grow. Another way you can help us grow is head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave me a rating and review. If you have any suggestions for show topics, or just want to talk about Halloween, you can email me at thehappyhalloweenpod at gmail.com. You can check out my Instagram, where I will post some pictures of the artists we discussed today, at thehappyhalloweenpod. And until next time, Happy Halloween!